before their hashtags. A dissection of pop culture past. With Eric Dallinger. And Carlyanna Billings. Each week we hop in our time machine and take a look at the past of pop culture. Hi friends and welcome to the Before There Were Hashtags podcast. We are recording at 11.10 at night. Let us tell you a lullaby and it's time for sleepy sleep. (laughs) So we apologize that this podcast is probably not going to come out until Wednesday night. Well, we'll see. It's a little late. We'll see. see. (laughs) This is me saying it. I don't edit it. I'm talking for Carly. I should shut up. By the way, I'm here with my co-host, the wonderful Carly Billings. Thank you, Eric Dellinger, for that beautiful intro. This is us. This is us at at late night time. Welcome to it. Welcome to this. Welcome to you all. Hello. (laughs) It's 11-11. Make a wish. Make a wish. Wow. What if it's 11-11 when someone else listens to this as, as soon as we said that? Wouldn't that be freaky? That is good luck. That would be good. Isn't it? Okay. I always heard that 1111 really in like angel numbers is you're on the right path, but you're not there yet. Oh. Keep going. And I kind of like I that. I like that. I'm into that. I'm into it's that. It's very like reassuring. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes the one thing about like law of attraction is, is that if you know the signs, you start manifesting just the signs, but not the actual oh, things. Oh, no. So you have to be careful. That's you freaky. have to be careful because you start like manifesting 1111 to be like just to see it yeah just to see it but because you think it's good but you're not actually manifesting anything so you got to be careful i don't like that well um i law of attraction us together today for this podcast against all odds and we're here against all odds (laughs) yes um can i start new beef um sure can i saute some beef all right why does cecilia hate the sound of music (laughs) Oh no. Cecilia, if you are listening, we have new beef. Oh, no. The sound of music is beautiful. <laughs> it is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. <laughs> Julie Andrews is a goddess. She is perfect. Doe, a deer, a female deer. Ray, she's a drop of golden sun. She has confidence in sunshine. She has confidence in like, rain. What? <laughs> have you seen this movie? It is beautiful it has no interesting subject and yet i love it like that's the thing right like i say this about sure. fiddler on the roof too i'm like i'm not really that interested in the subject matter oh, but it's just written so great well though. fiddler is 10 out of 10 ah, both of them sound of music is iconic th- i mean it is it my Carly? favorite do i want to watch it no. all the time like no it's very long it's very long <laughs> yeah. but it is good and that's the thing. It's so well written that it's like it's about like I don't know Austrian people. Yeah, it's it's Austria it's, like I, just before World War on the brink of World War Two. No, but what I'm trying to say is like it's not a subject matter that I'm like oh, oh right. so intriguing, but because it's so well done and so well written, I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, you're there's you know like there's I a lot mean? of things into it that you're not that in it that are are integral to the plot and and the movie and and the music and the musical, but they're not for you like. Many, many children, a captain of no of nothing, essentially. 
a nun and the girl and the girl just as i've said a million times because it's done so well (laughs) i'm interested in it they do it so well she climbs a tree and scrapes her knee her dress has got a tear it's so it's great nothing nothing beats adieu adieu (laughs) to (laughs) you and you and you though personally if i have to pick a golden age musical to listen to or watch it's not going to be sound of music oh really what is it it's probably going to be oklahoma if i'm quite honest starring hugh jackman (laughs) no not at all i know but he is in a version i know i have it it's not the best no, my favorite version of Oklahoma <laughs> I've ever seen was... How dare you say that about Wolverine? <laughs> How dare I? He's going to come over me. I've never seen my a favorite... Wolverine movie. <laughs> my favorite version I've ever seen was the one that just was on Broadway. Um, oh, that just where you got, you got chili. It was the best Ever. I it, never, uh, Carly never stops talking about the freaking chili, chili at Oklahoma. They fed you at intermission. They gave you chili. They, it was like, they, they redid the music. So instead of like Oklahoma, people were calling it like Sexlahoma because it's just like sultry and cool. And the staging was I neat. just heard that people were yelling mapping. at you the whole time. I loved it. I loved that, every second of that it. That was the other. Okay, so people thought it was either brilliant <laughs> or they were like, why are these people yelling at oh, me? Oh, I thought stage? it was brilliant. I was so into it. And I still I didn't am. see it. So this yeah. is not a review from me. I mean, if you want to hear the music, how they, they arranged it in a new way for this production, it's it's on online. You can listen to it. The cast recording is really good. Is it Carly? Love no. It. No, it is. I... <laughs> no, it is freaking great. <laughs> I'm just being sassy because it's You're late so at night and I'm tired. I know. Also, my voice has dropped like three octaves. You're down in your boots. I'm down in the boots. So would you pick Sound of Music for your Golden Age musical if you had to listen to watch it? Movie musical, yes. Okay. Stage musical, it's between West Side and Fiddler. Ooh, West Side. Awesome. Fiddler. Awesome. You know what? Movie-wise, movie-wise, actually, it's West Side. Movie, I would absolutely pick West Side as well. I don't know yeah. if I'm, like, even into this, like, Spielberg re- um, I'm not. I can tell you reimagining right now, I'm of not it. into it, um, but I'm going to watch it, so. Oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm, yeah. I'm into anything that's, like, bringing musical theater to the mainstream. The yeah. But, but I mean, I would rather us just like rewatch the original because right? it's so good. It's beautiful. Come on. Oh, it's but great. I love, I love the stage show of Fiddler because the libretto is just so, so good. Stunning, and once yeah. again, it's not about like subject matter that I'm like particularly interested in in real life, but because it's just done so well, I'm like, wow yeah i really care about these people because it's just written so strongly so well yeah i hope that's not offensive to anybody that i'm not interested in like uh austrian world war ii history or (laughs) hasidic russian jews Uh, both from the same time period czarist russian (laughs) they're not from the same time period they're like 60 years apart yeah but it's still early uh 20th century well, I think I think Fiddler's nineteenth century. Is it? Yeah, it's like Tsarist Russia, so it's before World War One. Yeah, but but World War yeah in nineteen oh five, so it's still early twentieth century. Oh, so it's like Anne Green Gables time. 
Uh, just past Anne of Green Gables time, yeah. Well, depending on yeah. when you stage Anne of Green Gables, because if you want to stage that's it true because late, it's not if you want clear. to stage it in period, yeah, it depends. Well, so, yeah, well, I'd some s- people, yeah, well, some people. Uh, this has become a musical theater podcast. <laughs> Welcome to it. And my like phone, it. my my computer is going nuts over here. I don't know if yeah, you can hear my it. My computer is really into this musical theater corner right now. Um, because Anne Green Gables is really challenging to know when it should be staged mm-hmm. because people usually set it in the time it was released, but of yeah. course. Lucy Maud would have written it before it was released. So shouldn't it be like actually 10 years previous or even 20 years previous? Like yeah. it's not really stated, but maybe it's just always in a contemporary time zone or yeah. time. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, for me, Anna Green Gables, I would stage it uh, late 1890s puff sleeves. That's for me. Yeah, it, I guess that's fair. Um, but, but the musical mentions an airplane and airplanes weren't invented yet. I know it. It makes no sense. Also, no ice cream. Sense. You you make mix it with rock salt, sprinkle it on twice. That's how you make ice cream. So. <laughs> <laughs> it also has some really offensive lyrics. Now they've changed them in sub in new productions, but thank goodness. But still, yeah, yeah. there was some really they really mm. called out the Turks there for a while. There's problematic some really parts, problematic uh, language it, about the Turks. Totally. Which is not fair to not, those Turkish cool. people. Yeah, there's a some real problematic, yeah, lyrics that are burned into my vinyl from the 1960s that I have of Anne Gables. But they don't use it anymore. They were they they changed <laughs> it with brute. Yes. Also, my review of Anne Green Gables. Get rid of that general store scene. It is too long. Cut <laughs> it so down. Long. It's so long. There's nothing happens, and he just leaves. He gets his sleeves. I get it. It's cute. He gets his sleeves, but there's so much lead into that scene that like he's not even there for. Matthew is not even there for. So it's just there for half of it. Lucia. What is that? What's her name? (laughs) Lucila. I don't know. This general store lady like selling stuff to people have i got a bonnet that's offered for sale it's like no i don't care i don't care (laughs) this is and i get blacklisted by charlottetown for the rest of my life (laughs) love me charlottetown it's so i'd I'd love to do the show again i would charlottetown we'll come back hire us hire us Um. i'll do the young company (laughs) again for the third time I'll do it for the first if you want it. No, I just, I love, yeah, Golden Age musicals are a special thing. But um, Cecilia, pa- pal of, the po- of this pod, past guest and um, co-host of Ghosts Are Everywhere, is not a Golden Age gal. They're just not for her. It's They're too musical theater. They're not, you know, campy enough. Well, they they're are not. the convention. Like, they invented the yeah. convention of musical theater. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. That's what I think if she I think if she saw some of them in the right context, like I think she could get I think I don't know if she's seen West Side Story. I don't remember, but I feel like she could get into West Side. I feel like she could get into Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Like West Side isn't all smiles. mm -hmm. I think for her, like ones that are like bubblegum music theater, she has a hard time getting into. But Sound of Music isn't all bubblegum. There is Nazis. What's bubblegum about Nazis? (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah that's right going back to Anne and diana who are best friends sure. today's subject is about best friends oh my god that was a segue that was a segue that was a perfect segue and today 
We're going to jump into that. Yeah. So um, I'm going to reveal the subject. We are talking about the iconic yes. reality TV show, Paris Hilton, My New BFF. Iconic. But before we do that, before we do that, we have to That's go right. back to the way back. Mm-hmm. Sure do. We have to gas up that time machine and talk about today's pop culture news. That's right, baby. We got five minutes on the clock to I, talk about what's You can so tell news. I'm overtired right now. And like that's <laughs> my personality is turned on to 10 because of that. You're doing it. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. You're lacking. I'm obsessed. You're uh, filling the gap that is my personality at this uh, time of night, which is just a potato on a log. I am very much a night person. Me too, but I, I become delirious and make less sense. I was up sure. at 7 this morning, so I've been up for a while. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm starting the time machine in 3, yeah. 2, yeah. 1. Woo. Okay, well, I mean, is there any other news but that Jamie Spears has officially right? said that he will no longer be the conservator in Britney Spears' case? That is legit. Now, now. Not to be confused. People are celebrating. He is still the conservator. Do not get it twisted, people. Mm -hmm. He is still the conservator. He has only said that he is willing to step down after negotiations have been done. So basically, he wants his money. He -hmm. wants Britney to pay all of his legal fees. And he wants a buyout, essentially. So he basically wants his dues before he leaves. Also, important to mention... This is not the conservatorship ending. It's just replacing Jamie at the top of it. Yeah. It just means Jamie will leave the conservatorship. It doesn't dissolve the conservatorship. It continues the conservatorship, though it would... Yeah. So, essentially, I was talking to my mom about this, actually. And she is really... She's good at legalese because because of her job that she did for so many years, which she was in insurance. So, she... Yes, Rena. uh, I know she worked closely with, uh, you know, a lot of lawyers and a lot of various legal jargon and legal situations. And so she was speaking to me about it and she was like, yeah, literally the reason he's doing this is because his lawyers told him to. His lawyers told him the way you look and what's going on right now, if you want to win what you if you want to get out of this, what you want to get out of this, you need to say millions. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 need to be saying oh i will be willing to leave it here are my terms essentially um because because it looks like right now i i would assume his lawyers would make it out to him that doesn't look good for you bud you know what i mean yeah he's being like slandered in the public and eventually it's going to like he could walk away with nothing so that's the thing leaves on his own accord he can basically get a settlement package because this is essentially a job like he can get a settlement package Mm -hmm. um it's also i was watching an interview with the director of framing britney spears yeah and she was talking about how this is sort of a stepping stone to eventually get the sorry them trying to get Jamie to leave and change the conservator is a stepping stone to eventually get the conservatorship taken off completely. Now, the yeah. person that they are looking to replace Jamie in the conservator is a forensic um, accountant. So somebody oh. that literally looks at finances to like see if money's being hidden embezzlement like somebody that has worked with the fbi on like embezzlement and all that stuff so they're trying to find if like jamie is stealing money from britney 
I mean, nobody would put it past him. And that's um, probably why he's stepping down so that maybe Brittany, <laughs> Brittany's yeah. team will go easier on him when he eventually loses. Because most legal yeah. experts have said that the conservatorship will end. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, it, it's it's more of a matter of when and how rather than if it will or if it won't. At yeah. this point is what it seems like. And which is another reason why if Jamie has good lawyers, which apparently he does, they would have said, buddy, you got to. Settle for this. Settle for this at this time. Yeah. You know. I mean, and he, in, like, um, testimonies and depositions, has, like, dragged Lynn Spears through the yeah. mud in her parenting. Which, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to comment on people's parenting, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how innocent Lynn Spears is, but Jamie Spears is I like, would, people in glass houses argue, should not throw stones. Yeah, I would argue no one is innocent here um, when it comes to the family. I think Brittany's made it pretty clear how she feels um, about it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think we can just, at this point, it's hard, yeah, hard to know what goes on in on the inside, but to just stand by her and what she, the way that she's swaying. Yeah, Uh, I'd like to make a note. We are not legal experts, so don't take anything we say as any fact. Go do your own research. Totally. We are actors. We are actors. We are actresses. That's what we do. So if you if you're listening to us and go, "Hmm, that's good legal advice. Don't don't believe that. Um, Maybe (laughs) look at someone else. Oh, there it is, baby. That's. Well, that was five minutes of pop culture, current day topics. Yeah. Gassing up the time now. machine. Gassing up the time machine. Um, so, yeah, speaking of Britney Spears, in 2007-ish, well, a little bit before that, Britney Spears was actually really good friends with Paris Hilton. You could so say today, she might have even been one of her BFFs. They're actually still really good friends. They are still They've friends. Been talking... They are still good friends. I know. So today's subject is, of course, the yes. iconic reality Truly. TV show. Not The Simple Life. No, we're no, not no. talking about oh, that. No, One not day that. we will. That's not for well, today, no. baby. <laughs> the Simple, simple life. life. Like that show was a big deal. Too easy. Did that show put Paris on the map? I don't think so. <laughs> no, it was this gem. This is this Paris Hilton, my new BFF. BFF. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, we're going to take it back to the 2000s. So, at the time, the t- 2000s TV landscape was full of reality TV. Huge, and huge into reality It was TV. just getting more ridiculous. So, it. such shows at the time, starting with, like, the least crazy, The Bachelor, America's Next Top Model. But then we started getting into some crazier stuff like Pascal's The Search for the Next Doll, Pascal's Girlicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got super nuts with stuff like Flavor of Love, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Oh my God, that's right. A double shot at love with the <laughs> Icky Twins. Yeah. So shows were just The Bachelor. The Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know if that was on at the time, actually, but The Bachelor <laughs> definitely was. The Bachelor for sure. Mainstay. 
And so, sorry, one second. Drag Race, Drag Race started. Drag Race started a little after this. A Drag Race started in 2009. This. But this is the like landscape. This is the This is the landscape. Yeah. yeah. Well, Drag Race is definitely early Drag Race, which we talked about. Is definitely mm-hmm. a parody on like America's Next Top Model and totally. other reality TV shows at the time. Yeah. But I digress. And there was also that- like competition shows like um, American Idol, you know, lots of uh, things like that. But reality specific TV. Survivor. Tons. Survivor. Yeah. Big Brother. Right? The list so goes many. on. Yeah. So two executives at VH1, yes. Jed, uh, Jed Ilanoff and Scott Thomas, came up with this idea that they were like, what is the craziest, weirdest <laughs> thing we could legitimately get people to compete for? And they decided that it was Friendship. So funny. So funny if you think about it. Friendship is not a competition, but but in this show, it absolutely is. Yes. Okay, so uh, just to tell you a little about the producer. So uh, Thomas and Elinoff, Elinoff were uh, producers of such shows as Celebrity Deathmatch and 50 Most Shocking Scandals. And so they, I'm going to pull up a little quote from this Vice article that I have found that is very, very good. So here's their quote. So they were working at VH1 at the time in 2006. Yeah. At the time, it felt like reality TV shows had reached their pick. And our show felt like a parody of a reality TV show at the time. Totally. Elanoff says that we weren't trying to mock the contestants, but rather satirize the absurd excess of the mid-2000s reality TV. We just thought, what else can we possibly compete for on a reality TV show? How stupid can it get? We thought, this is so funny. Everyone will be in on the joke. We can't compete for to be somebody's best friend. You can do that. And you can compete for anything. <laughs> so it started as a full-on bit. Yeah. And then... Okay, yeah. here's my thing. I think that they're trying to look back on it and be a little bit smarter about it rather than what it really was. Like, I don't think it was really two people being like, you know what would be brilliant? If we did a parody on reality TV and we competed for a friend. Like, that is so intellectual and brilliant. I thought they literally were, like, I think it was more like the two of them being like, I have this really silly idea. Could you imagine if we competed for somebody's best friend on a reality TV show? That's my interpretation of it. I would say that's probably true to what happened. I think, yeah, looking back, you can sound a lot more like this thing was so calculated, but I think it was more of a, how funny would it be if we had people compete for this thing? We all know you can't compete for this thing, but then turns out you can. So that's, you know, the bit. So (laughs) the bit is you can, you can search for your new BFF on a reality TV show. If people can find love that way, why couldn't you find friendship that way, right? It's the same kind of dumbness. Sorry, my computer is literally going nuts over here, so. It's living. It's living for this. It's living. You know what? I'm just going to mute it. And you can keep this in because people need to know (laughs) that life is crazy and computers are crazy too. 
Got a hold of the cannibal. We love it. So they would bring on a third producer, Michael uh, Herzkorn. I hope I'm saying that right. And he was, previous to that, he was a producer on Flavor of Love. Mmm. Love that. Yeah. So the show would, they would eventually bring on Paris Hilton to be the friendship that people were competing for. And Paris was kind of the perfect person because she was... Her star was a little bit fading at the time, you know. Social media, it was at the time of the Celebutant. The heiress was yes. huge just before this. And, you know, she was like the reigning queen, but her her fame was slowly, slowly fading. So it was sort of something that would catapult her back into the zeitgeist. Yeah. It's like when someone huge like that is in between projects. Yeah. That's kind of where she was sitting. Um, of course, super successful, super famous. But, you know, if you're not in the eye, right in the public eye, then you're nowhere. So this, yeah, really put her back on the map public-wise. Paris was also a great pick because she had sort of a string of celebrity best friends, most notably being Nicole yes. Richie. So her yes. and Nicole famously had a huge falling out when allegedly Nicole... I mean, we could have a full podcast on Nicole and Paris and why they had a falling out. But allegedly what happened was is Nicole was hosting a viewing party and everybody thought it was for Paris Hilton's hosting of SNL. But when they got to the party, allegedly Nicole Richie played Paris Hilton's sex tape. Which, I mean, that would ruin a friendship. That uh, would ruin a friendship. Now, yeah. after that, they would eventually make up. And to this day, they both actually speak very highly of each other, but they've never mm-hmm. been in sort of the public eye with each other that much since yeah. The Simple Life. So Paris was, and then also Paris was, of course, really good friends with Britney Spears, who we recently talked about. And Absolutely. also she would become good friends and would have an employee by the name of Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. But and Paris- I mean, so the, so the thing about Paris, too, is like because she has these high profile celebrity friends and she is this high profile celebrity and people see them, see her with these friends or without these friends. Um, she kind of does have this reputation of at this point uh, when this show comes out of like not really having a like steady BFF or like. You yeah, know, well, kind Paris of like going in and out of friends. Yeah, well, Paris has always been more famous for the her friendships than she has been for the people she dates. Like, I can't really yeah, name you that many people that Paris has dated. Maybe Stavros Niarko or whatever his name was, but that was that's pretty. That's pretty much it. Like, Paris yeah. was not is not known really for the dating scene, but she's always been known for her friends. Yeah, um, she's so, known for her friends or for her business. But like, yeah, for her business. She's known for like that's more of a now business. thing, though. No, I know. Well, that's that's the thing. But at this point of when we're talking about the early two thousands, around two thousand eight ish, she's known for yeah her friends and who she knows, rather than you know the way that we see Paris now, which is like a titan of business because that's really what she is, and a comedy genius. A comedy. I'm obsessed with Paris Hilton. There's nothing Paris Hilton can do that is not interesting to me. I would like to look at it and see it all and know it all. The end. So then, casting got started to find the contestants for Paris Hilton, my new BFF. And at first, you can nominate somebody or yourself by going to ParisHiltonBFF.com or something (laughs) along those lines. 
And then they had casting calls. Now, this is like the press release that only 40 or 50 people showed up for an open call, which is not a lot of people for a Paris Hilton casting call. For an open call, that's nobody. For a cattle call. Now, Paris would go onto her MySpace page to say, hey, guys, like, no, this wasn't an open casting call. These people were pre-selected because uh, why would I, I wouldn't, I don't want hundreds and thousands of people waiting outside because one of them will be my best friend and I don't want to put my future best Best friend friend. through that. Yeah. Uh, But some people think this, most most, um, press outlets at the time believed that that was just a ploy to sort of get people to not think about the fact that there was only 40 to 50 people that would show up to be Paris Hilton's best friend. I mean, either way, she's brilliant. If it if that was the fact, and she's just saying facts. Also, amazing. she released this on MySpace, so that is telling you when this iconic. was. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that really dates it. But yeah, if she yeah, and if it was her doing damage control, she still nailed it. Like I, uh, she's brilliant. There's nothing she can't do. That's really what I believe. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> The show would eventually be produced, I believe, by MTV and air on MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, just pulling up some of my And the production notes. company uh, was Ish Entertainment, which is a subsidiary of Lionsgate Television. Yes, it totally was. Um, mm. Mm, facts, facts, Carly, you know your mm, facts. Facts and figures. Speaking of the only 40 to 50 people that showed up, the original cast featured 16 women and two men who competed in challenges in, a, in an attempt to become Paris Hilton's new best friend. And in the first episode, Paris kicked off four people right away. Iconic. 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 Yeah. So in the first uh, in the first episode, yeah, four people got eliminated. Because they did not give a good first impression to Paris. <laughs> uh, one of the contestants was voted off because they didn't trust Paris's makeover of her. They yep. didn't like it. But some of the challengers were absolutely like crazy. Like they were so weird. Like um, there's this one where they just had to basically write out speeches on why Paris inspired them. <laughs> so good it was so good and then one time paris would paris made them all go on a roller coaster and uh Ankh, who was one of the contestants was absolutely terrified and he gets down you can see clips of this online he gets down on his knees begging paris to not make him go on and she still makes him yeah. go on and he vomits <laughs> into the garbage <laughs> after she's a bad bitch she her she'll take no prisoners her best friend needs to be able to give them her all give and that's that's what she's looking for it's clear in this show pretty funny (laughs) there was also a 24 hour party challenge in which they had to stay awake for 24 hours and go to clubs and brunches and go on yachts for 24 hours straight in which one of the contestants fell asleep And Paris yelled at them, this is not awake. Wake up. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it's also because she expects them to be Paris perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's like part of the like criteria of like what makes, um, you know, a good best friend is she is like looking for in the show. She's looking for someone who, yeah, she really plays up, plays up her character in such brilliant ways. Um, I just I love her so much. Yeah, it's also called the Dollhouse. I think like the mansion where they yeah where this whole thing happens. Oh, and so every funny. week Paris would have like sort of the winner of the like the mini challenger or something like that, and they would be the pet of the week. That's right. She called <laughs> the person that was sort of in like the to know Paris that week was called a pet. It was so weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh um, yeah and at the when she would vote you out she would either say ttyl talk to you later yes, or oh and like that was if she liked you but she was like you're just not my best friend but i still like you're not you. my best friend or yeah. if she didn't like you you got ttyn talk to you never never drama and then i believe so in the final episodes all the ttyls would come back and they got to have their say or maybe that was season two um i believe that was season two maybe it was season two yeah I, they did have a reunion special before the finale mm-hmm. in the first season um which is very you know reality tv formula Oh, but she did on episode nine, which is the se- the episode before the finale. Mm-hmm. She tells them all that they've been eliminated, but they don't know that they're staying. She just watches their exit interviews. So she plays a lot of like oh, she plays a lot of drama. Tr- oh, well, like, I was gonna save this for later because there's season. Mm-hmm. There's of course a season two. Um, of course, but in playing tricks city. in the first episode of season two. Paris hires a Paris impersonator to play her, and yes! she poses as one of the contestants. <laughs> yeah, she totally does. It is oh my nuts. God. There's so much hijinks. Yeah, Paris is super into the, like, the just goofy hijinks. Because she's like, a comic is... genius. She really is. There, she's so underrated. A comedy queen for the ages. Yeah. Yeah, there was a reunion special. So, of course, the show would premiere on September 4th, 2008. So, the eventual winner would be, a uh, spoiler alerts coming in three, two, one. Spoiler alert. Brittany Flickinger <laughs> would eventually win. Yeah. And uh, Brittany kind of said that she felt like she was always being groomed to be the winner of Paris Hilton, my new BFF. Eventually, Flickinger and Paris would go their opposite ways. They didn't really stray friends for that long. So Flickinger wrote, when you're an artist, you have this idea of fame. You're really looking forward to it, and it's so exciting at first. The lights, and the cameras, and the attention. There are so many other things you'll have to deal with that you don't realize until it's happening to you. Um, so I guess she didn't really care for the famous life alongside Paris yeah, Hilton. Um, doesn't sound like Yeah, that. so they didn't become friends after the show. I mean, again, it's also Oh, well, I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, Ellen, so Paris would go to promote the show on Ellen where 
uh, Ellen and her go partying at one point during midday. It's quite funny. Um, Not a huge Ellen fan, but I do think that this one sort of vignette is funny. But they, she interviews Ellen, and of course, Paris slips up and reveals before the final that Mm -hmm. the winner is a female because she refers to Paris. uh, Ellen calls her out and goes, "So, like, you're just contractually obligated to hang out with this person, right?" And Paris goes, "No, I really love her," or something like that. She also did the same thing, I think, on yeah, she did it on Letterman too. She also. Slipped and said she. But then tries to cover it up and goes, but I can't reveal the gender of the winner. And then Alan goes, but you just referred to them as a she. So we know. So Um, So we knew that Ankh didn't win, even though Ankh should have won. Um, However, other contestants (laughs) have actually stayed somewhat close to Paris because Ankh, who is actually a Taiwanese immigrant needed help getting a working visa in the u.s and paris actually helped him out get that and yeah i didn't know that that's really cool Ankh says actually created a genuine friendship with her which is so surprising two weeks ago <laughs> i sent her a necklace to wear to burning man uh, because of paris i'm able to stay in america to work so paris you know she's not she's not evil I mean, we already kind of knew that if if we yeah, know the Paris today. We, we're kind of Paris stands on this podcast. We really love her. Yeah, a little bit. Pal of the pod, Matt, who would, would call me out because he doesn't like Paris and say that <laughs> she said some homophobic things in the past. But Oh, well. We'll hold her yeah. accountable. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Kaylee Gabe says, I love Paris. She's awesome. I was definitely down to be her best friend, but I didn't feel that I had to win a show to be anybody's best friend. I thought that was all kind of cheesy. So it kind of sounds a bit like Paris was maybe nicer to the contestants behind the scenes. Um, Mm. Natasha Loams wrote, would I be Paris's friend in real life? Yes, she's a doll, but I didn't go on the show because of that. I went on the show because I got cast on the show. So people were there to be famous, but it sounds like Paris wasn't so wretched behind the scenes. It sort of was more of an act to create drama for the TV show. I mean, Um, from what we know about Paris, again, it feels as though she's not the kind of celebrity who is bad to work with. It seems like she's excellent to work with. That's right. Natasha uh, Lomas. Sorry. Trying to say people's names right. Uh, But the producers have been sort of dragged a bit because they really encouraged the contestants to drink while on set so that it would create Mm -hmm. more drama. And we've seen this actually. This is a thing that happened on The Bachelor and it led to this huge uh, consent issue that happened in Bachelor in Paradise. And now the drinks are all limited. It's very early 2000s. um, Yeah. Like TV mentality, reality TV mentality of let's get them to drink more. They'll make more. They'll make better TV that way. Drag Race was kind of the same way during Untucked. They would get them to drink to create more drama. But then Jujube was visibly inebriated doing a lip sync. And that actually now they have a one drink rule on Drag Race. Yeah, they get too they get too messy. Things get too messy. You can't control it. So yeah, so there was a bit of yeah. The producers were not great for making contestants not making, but 
very much encouraging intestine, contestants to drink in order to uh, facilitate more drama amongst the cast. Uh, but the show was, though not really the f- a favorite by critics, the show was very, very popular and spun a UK spinoff. Yeah, baby. As- yeah, Paris called British best friend. Paris Hilton's British <laughs> best friend, which did feature cameos from Brittany, Anksh, Vanessa, and Kiki from Paris Hilton, my new BFF. It would also air in North America on MTV, or I think it actually was on Much Music in Canada, if I'm honest. That's what I thought I watched it on. Yeah, that might be it. A lot of times MTV and Much in Canada um, air the same stuff. Uh, And would feature scenes with Good Charlotte, because uh, Paris Hilton was, of course, dating Benji Madden at the time. That's right. Which also is kind of crazy, because Benji Madden was dating Paris and Nicole Richie was dating Joel Madden. That was crazy. <laughs> Sorry, so, little throwback so there. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole and Joel, I believe, are still together. Are they? Yeah, and Benji's with uh, Cameron Diaz. I do know that. I do know that. That's so yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, so wild. Yeah, they had a lot of um, throughout the two series, or throughout all of the series, actually. They yeah. had quite a lot of good guest stars. They had, yeah, yeah, like Benji Madden, Perez Hilton, um, Fergie, Char- Simple Plan, Ryan Seacrest. Um, yeah, and then it, in the UK they in had UK, Charlie Sheen, Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Oh my God, iconic! They had, yeah, so many people. Um. Um, yeah, and then yeah. the eventual winner. Jay, Jay of, Jagger. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, like just so, so many people. Yeah. Oh, the Price. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Tons of people. The eventual winner would be Sam Hextall, who would win Paris Hilton British Best Friend, marking the first time in the series that a gay man won the series rather than uh, mm. a woman. Uh However, because of the sort of falling out of Brittany and Paris, a season two, actually, some of the falling out was because a season two was planned and Brittany was a little bit hurt by that. I read that in an interview with Mm. Brittany. Uh, So season two was scheduled for, and it would be released on June 2nd, 2009. And Hilton said that she did not stay friends with season one winner, Brittany Flickinger, because I loved her and I trusted her. But sometimes people get too caught up and they change. <gasps> oh, drama. However, season one contestant, Ankh would appear as a co-host deemed life pet by Hilton. That's so funny. weird. That's so and weird. Natalie Reed was a Paris Hilton, a professional Paris Hilton lookalike, and she would star in the first episode, and she yes. would play Paris. I said this earlier, and Paris Which is pretended iconic. to be a freaking contestant That's in the so show. Funny. It was it's so, so funny. funny. It's very like um, season ten of Drag Race, Lady Gaga pretending to be a queen walking in the workroom, but it's oh really my goodness, a surprise! Like it's the same that same vibe. Hi, I'm Ronnie. From New York. Oh my God! That was that so was who funny. Gaga pretended to be. Oh yeah. So guest guest stars on this on this second season: Santino Rice, who we all Santino, from little Kim, 
Uh, Lil Little Kim. Kim. Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Three Six Mafia. Yeah. Oh uh, it was also the first series to include straight men on the show. How oh, groundbreaking. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Straight men for spring. Groundbreaking. TV with straight men? Straight white men? <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> Never been done before. One of a kind. How progressive, Paris. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh yes, but they they weren't in the original promotion because they were added mid-season to the show. Right. In episode right. 4 to be exact. And it was also okay, so this season was crazy. At one point one of the contestants had to restyle everybody and Paris didn't like it so she eliminated her. Then later <laughs> they rolled down a giant picture of her and threw things at her. That was a I challenge. Can't. They're like, here you go. <laughs> Just this yeah, this like this whole show is unhinged, but like it gets progressively more and more unhinged, which is amazing. The show would and then the final was crazy, too, because she eliminated um, one of the gay men on the show, Stephen Hampton. And in the second last episode, saying, I'm sorry, I just can't think my best friend can be a boy and crying. And Stephen was like, it's OK, we can still be friends. And then she went TTYL. And then the final two, they fought so much in the final episode that when Paris, uh, she brought back all the TTYLs, sorry, I said TTYN about Steven, it was TTYL. TTYL, brought, yeah. Brought back all the TTYLs and they, they were like a jury. And then at the end she goes, I made a mistake. Steven, you are my new BFF. So she so brought good. back the guy she eliminated. So, She's like, actually, JK, you are the winner, baby. Now, doing Iconic. my research, I cannot find if Steven and Paris are still friends. His Twitter has been inactive since 2010. I looked it up. Oh, my God. But it does. The bio <laughs> says, Stephen Hampton, Paris Hilton's new BFF. Since 2010. Since 2010. Well, it hasn't changed. So Must be. Must be. Though, um, she also did uh, Paris Hilton's Dubai BFF. Yes. As well. Another international version. This one I did not watch because it actually had a really hard time finding airplay in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The finale was in June of 2011 and it's currently expected to be the last incarnation of the franchise. I mean, it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. I think think we're, I think we're assuming that that it's. Dead. I think it's done. So the show would consist of 50% international contestants that lived in Dubai mm-hmm. and 50% UAE citizens as contestants totally. on the show. Now, the show would have to be somewhat not not dumbed down, um, PG'd, G'd rated because mm. they, you know, it's a more conservative country considered yep. where it's wearing. So a lot of the sexual jokes, a lot of the... the they didn't have any male contestants because Dubai is not the most uh, homosexual friendly place. So certain things were definitely pared down for Paris Hilton Dubai BFF. Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, originally they indicated they planned to build my new BFF into a global franchise. Yeah. 
with Paris looking around the world, which is why there's two seasons uh, international. She expressed interest in doing further versions of the show in Canada, Australia, Germany, and Russia. We could have been dual Paris best friends. We could have been the dynamic trio. Um, Fingers crossed she brings it back. It's been 10 years. Maybe it's like a retro throwback thing. She has a new show. Maybe she'll want to expand her reality empire again. Maybe she's back on that that gig. You know, she's back on the game. And uh, she will... Let us, you know, be a part of it. We can hope that, but Paris Hilton has given her final word, apparently, on the future of the franchise, and she said, Producers call me almost every single day from every country around the world wanting me to do BFF shows, Italy, Germany, Russia, Japan. I've been offered to do it everywhere, but I feel like I really have grown up, and the show is something that was really fun, but I'm 30 years old now, and I feel like I've moved on from that show, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, I think we're, but yeah. I think we can safely say dead in the water. No more Paris Hilton BFF. Paris Hilton BFF is gone, but hello to the Paris of today. But not forgotten. Not forgotten. Very important to us always. It was part Absolutely. of my childhood. Part of just, you know, the, what makes us who we are as people in general. Oh, it is important. Sorry. One more thing. Oh yeah. Um, some ahead. of the producers uh, have... They no longer work in reality TV show because of the show because they thought that they were too mean to the contestants. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, fair. <laughs> they were like, it's not for us. We have to get out of the game. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, and it was uh, <sighs> her scorn has acknowledged that there was a lot of flaws. Uh, here's, here's his quote. At the time, we thought this kind of programming was consequence-free, but I don't think that anymore. It feels morally compromised now in a way that it didn't then. Um, I view it as a Ooh. huge victory to get a show like that made at all. So he still is proud of the show, but also sort of thinks that there it was morally compromising. Thinks it's a problem. And he yeah. <laughs> he no longer works in um, reality TV reality show. Reality TV. Dang. That's funny. Yeah, and he also goes on to say, the line of what is completely unacceptable versus what is just inappropriate has moved considerably. And I think there's something about the idea True. of, let's put a lot of humans in a terrarium and see what happens that I would be much more careful about today than I was back then. So yeah, he is Fair. not yeah. into the idea anymore. Anymore. Well, I mean, that just goes to show, uh, like, how much things have changed. And they really considerably have. Yeah. Um, you know, just in that whole sphere. <sighs> they have, but they haven't. And then we have shows like Love Island yeah. and The Bachelor that are still kind of <laughs> doing it. So. Yeah. Um, but that's true. Yeah. The show won, uh, Paris Hilton won the Fox Reality Award for Innovator of Reality TV. So that's pretty cool. That's right. It's legit. Yeah. And won a Teen Choice Award. Oh, nominated, sorry. Iconic. Nominated. Nominated in 2009 oh. for Teen Choice Award for should've Choice won. Reality should've Variety won. TV Star. Yeah, should have won. They were robbed. Should have won, absolutely. All right. On a piece of television. Well, I think we've made it back <laughs> to Paris Hilton. Would, we made it back, Paris baby. Hilton would disappear and never be seen from again. Just kidding. <laughs> you can watch Paris on Netflix no. with Cooking with Paris, or you can watch her documentary on YouTube, <laughs> This is Paris, where you learn about Such her uh, abusive school uh, boarding school scandal. 
It's very interesting, actually. Yeah. You should go check it out. It is interesting. It's a it's a really great um, doc for sure. And Gottmik would perform as Paris on the Snatch Game. Yeah, gorge. 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 Eric, do you have any pop picks of the week, my friend? Oh my goodness. Do I have any pop picks? Yes. I am watching Insecure. You can find it on Crave. It's HBO. Ooh. It's a very, very good uh, black female lead. Awesome. We love representation. I'm serious. It's a really, it actually is a really good show. Totally. No, actually, I shouldn't say that. It is a it really is good a really show, good period. Show. Yeah. That. Uh, Miss Carly, what are your pop picks? Baby, I watched a little show about two days ago in one night. I watched all six episodes of it and back to back to back. And I laughed and I cried all in the same sitting like I never I haven't in so long. I watched a little TV show by produced by Mr. Lauren Michaels himself. I watched a little TV show called Schmigadoon. And it oh, was shout out. Incred. Can I shout out my my friend Ashley St. John is one of the dancers in that show. Yes, it's incredible. It's a great show. Yeah. Shout Absolutely. out to Ashley. We'll get a listen. Hey, Ashley. We'll force her to listen to this. Hi, yeah. Ashley. You were amazing. It was such a great freaking You're show. Amazing. It was is Cecily so good funny. in it? Cecily Strong is great in it. Keegan Michael Key is great in it. Martin Short shows up. Uh, Jane Krakowski's in it. Kristen Chenoweth oh, in Krakowski. it. Aaron is Kristen in Chenoweth. It. Like, I can go on it's literally like an amalgamation of some of our favorite comedy people and a bunch of broadway legends smushed together i need to see it i need to see it i just don't have apple tv plus there's so many streaming services (laughs) so many of them the streaming wars is real of like 30 minutes it's really good i want to rewatch it uh, this week i watched it probably three days ago and i already want to maybe i'll come over and we can watch together Oh my god, we should make a day of it. We it's easy. It's just six episodes of thirty minutes each. We can definitely bang that out. Because Carly, I don't like I don't like doing these remote because I miss seeing you. <laughs> I know, I miss seeing you too. One of the first ones in a while we haven't we weren't able to be together. I know. It's so late at night. Because <laughs> it's so late at night. Because Carly had job training. <laughs> I have to do a job. I have to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go be it. like Paris. Go be an heiress. <laughs> I wish I could just... be an heiress. If I was still an heiress, I'd still want to do this gig, though. I would love to still be a host. Oh, my gosh. There's this, like, hilarious line in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody where London Tipton. Also, London Tipton is named after Paris Hilton. You know that. London That's Paris. That's true. We yeah. should have brought that up. Yeah. We should have brought that up. Uh, but I think Mosby is like, you're such a princess. And she goes, heiress. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. So Cole good. Sprouse. Dylan Sprouse. Oh my god, the Sprouse twins. Love it. Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale. She plays the weird girl with the bangs. It's great. Maddie. Maddie. That's her name, Maddie. Yeah, her name's Maddie. Oh my god, that's a great show. Esteban Julio Ricardo de la Toya de la Rosa Ramirez. Love him. Great show. All and right, my friends. All right, oh, friend. sorry. Was there no, something else? No, I was just going to keep quoting that show, so thank <laughs> you for stopping me. <laughs> thank you for cutting me off. I, I like when it. they perform the Three Little Maids. Oh my god! I also really like the the line that sticks from that show for me is pizza. I could dig a slice. <laughs> it's what it's a it's a it's a flashback of Mosey from the seventies and he has a fro and he says that and it's amazing. 
Anyways. Anyways, we're going <laughs> to sign off. Have a great <laughs> week. Like us on Instagram. Uh, tell people to listen. Once we know we're quoting Sweet Love of Zach and Cody, it's time. we know it's time to go. We so. know we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends. Peace like out. We love you. What were you saying? Okay. I don't know. I'm just trying to end the pod, Carly. <laughs> okay, do the ending. Do the ending. I'll cut it in. You can keep this in because it's funny. All right. We edited a lot of out of this one, friends. <laughs> we were messing up. We were stumbling a lot. It's okay. Okay. Seriously, we're going. Bye. We're going. Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs>